Hey guys, before we get into the show, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our podcast partners, Script Up. Script Up is a new coverage service created to help screenwriters improve their writing and unlock the potential in their stories through detailed feedback reports and video call consultations. I have personally vetted their services and I can honestly tell you they will provide a detailed analysis of your script along with useful notes and even a biography of the reader so you know exactly who is reading your script. Head to scriptupstudio.com and enter discount code TSN10 for 10% off today. And now, let's get to the show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Screenwriters Network podcast. The Screenwriters Network is the largest Discord server of screenwriters in the world. And on this show, we interview members of the community. I'm your host, Smish, and I'm going to be interviewing two people today. They're a writing duo and producing partners from Vancouver, BC. We have Cor Pierce and oh, Nastasha yeah. Barron, uh, also known in the server as the guy who is always at Crafty That's and <laughs> Tell One Story. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. And Thanks thank you for, for being here. Yeah, thank you for being patient while we uh, got our audio sorted out. No worries, no worries. So tell me, when did you two meet and when did you start writing together? Um, so we met uh, quite a few years ago now. Uh, we I was basically sloughing off a three-day heroin bender in the slums of Calcutta. And she was working with the Sisters of Mercy and uh, pulled me out of the gutter. Um, I, I, every time we try to come up with a new origin story. So uh, what really happened is that uh, she had a project out that she was doing that was uh, had a large military element, large military component. And she was looking for someone who could help her polish the dialogue because it just didn't land right yet. And I was uh, recently, you know, I, I was at that time a reserve officer and, and uh, I speak military. And uh, we started sort of chatting back and forth uh, I was a TA and then chatting turned to coffee and coffee turned to this is a very interesting person and the rest mm. they say is history. At least that's one side of the story. I'm interested to hear what is her origin story. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested as well. I'm interested to see Nastasha. what is, she's, she's going to say, well, <laughs> well, I took pity on this guy and, you know. No, uh, that's exactly how, how we met. Although I must say that. I much prefer the Calcutta story. I think that's, uh, I, I wish that were true. That would be well, very interesting. I think it's really it's really neat that uh, you met because you wanted to make your dialogue sound more realistic. So how did you find Cor? Uh, so I used to be married to uh, another military person, and oh. it was sort of a, a mutual, I know, a million years ago. <laughs> Um, and he's also American. And it was through mutual uh, acquaintances and, and friends that I found Core. So, uh, yeah, I was working on a graphic novel and um, it has a like corset of strong military component. And I just didn't know the, the protocol, didn't know the lingo. And I needed someone to kind of help me polish it up. Awesome. Before we go any further, a very special member of our Discord server redeemed their tokens to get a shout out on the podcast. I'm talking about Aldo. Aldo, thanks for listening to the show. And now back to the interview. So when you guys are writing 
do you do you ever write separately now or it's always together every every script uh no we actually write a lot more separately now i think uh we both have different passions and we both have different traje- trajectories so we do write separately now but what we do is we're probably um each other's first impression mm-hmm. so we're usually each other's first read um, and then by the time anybody else sees it, that's after we've mulled it over. We do come up with stories together, though, um, but rarely find the time these days to actually put something on, on paper. Um, and that's, you know, for reasons of uh, the projects that we're passionate about are not necessarily the projects that we can sell. So Interesting. Okay. So which genre do you prefer writing in the most and why? I'll ask Nastasha first. Um, I'm kind of a, a strange beast in that whatever I feel like has the the easiest path to uh, to fruition is what I'm going to embrace. So right now I'm really embracing Hallmark. And it's ah. It's it's not something that I've done before. I've only started doing that about a year and a half ago. Okay. But right now I'm really all about Hallmark feel good um, love stories. But normally nice. it would have been probably more thriller, um, horror movies, thrillers. But uh, I haven't written one of those in a very long time now. Okay, cool. And Cor? Um, so let's see. I I sort of also in a little bifurcated i i have um a strong sense of you know what what's sort of the closest path to getting something across the plate uh projects and i have a different bucket with uh things that are just really emotionally attractive and i think i can have a voice in um and and i don't <laughs> i don't mean that to say when we do stuff that we think is more sort of uh towards commercial that that is less attended to right i i think we both put the same amount of cycles in both. We really sort of throw ourselves into both, but we find that doing things that are light touch TV, romantic comedies um, is, is a, is a property that has sort of a box around it. And if you honor that box and you do it well, um, then you have maybe feelings inside that you're not expressing in that property. So I tend to go sort of take a, a property and I'll, I'll write it all the way to fruition or, or write it till the end and, and then move that on to readers and, you know, move that on to the next stage of hopefully getting it uh, done. And then I'll turn to do a passion project as sort of a palate cleanser for a few weeks and just go, okay, I couldn't do sex and drugs and all this stuff, you know, <laughs> violence in, in the light touch TV romance. So I'm sure going to purge it now, right? I'm just going to do this cathartic project. That's just, yeah, it's just, it's, rah, there's guns and whatever. And then uh, it, it's it's cathartic and I can come back and do the, the light touch TV romances again. Nice. So I want to touch a little bit on the process of writing together, although you guys apparently don't do that so much anymore, <laughs> but oh, yeah, you no, might but have can, some cool insight it. on it. Yeah. yeah so sure. What was your process or is your process for when you're writing together? Like, does one of you type and the other one paces around the room or do you do, <laughs> do, you do it remotely or how does that work? All of the above. All of the <laughs> above. We've, um, when you are that involved in a project that closely with somebody, um, it's, it's a very sort of intimate, it maybe is not the right word, but it is very intimate in that you're exposing emotional truths and you're doing things that are very near and dear to you, I, you know, if you're doing it right. And, and so we tend to 
um, the first project we did together, we would we were six hours apart, and so ninety percent of it had to be over the phone. And we talked about outlines, and we would number beats, and we'd come up with a, a beat sheet together that was mutually agreed upon. And then we would say, okay, you take scenes 19 through 22. I'm going to take 23 through 25. And then let's touch base again and make sure that they dovetail seamlessly together and then go on in 26 and on. So we kind of we kind of were together for the outline and beat sheets. Um, and then we would separate and divide and conquer the actual draft and then come back together and, and make sure that it synced up nicely. Yeah, interesting. So were you um, using a program like Final Draft where you can, or Writer Duet or one of those ones where you can actually write at the same time? Or were you always writing your scenes separately and then, you know, sending them to each other afterwards? Writing separately. We tried doing a online collaborative suite. I think it was the uh, Final Draft um it could have been movie magic. I mean, we've used no, a few was, different it was packages. Final draft. Was final it final draft? draft? Yeah. And it just it just didn't work for us, right? And it, it could be operator yeah. error, or it could be whatever. It's probably our fault for not being able to make it work, but it just oh. never worked for us. And so it wasn't a tool we had available. Okay, gotcha. So have you guys ever written with anybody else? Yes. Yeah. We did. We actually did uh, a thriller project and that, that we kind of split up differently we each took characters that we felt really strongly about and we wrote the scenes with those characters. Oh, um, neat. Yeah. And our third, our third writer, um, his, uh, his name is Brian Casilio. He's a VFS writing instructor and he's a really lovely, lovely man and a, and a good friend. So he wrote um, some of the scenes with, uh, I can't remember, I think, Kate, he wrote a lot of the Kate scenes. Uh, Cor wrote a lot of the Tom scenes. And shockingly, I wrote the female scenes. Um, yeah, I know. It's really surprising. And it was actually fun. It came together um, really well. You, you wouldn't think that it would from, from three writers writing it at the same time, but it did. Yeah, that's great. So what are some of the drawbacks to writing with a partner? Oh, my. <laughs> do you want do you want to take that one first maybe i should go get a cup of coffee so yeah, she can be honest yeah. yeah right it's a uh, safe space yeah, right <laughs> i think um especially if, if we're both passionate about a project you end up making a different movie that's sort of the biggest uh, um stumbling block i guess is that at some point in your head you have these scenes, you have these um, cinematic moments, and it's not the same as what your partner has. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we do try to talk about them and try to honor, you know, what he, I, I try to honor what, um, what his vision is, and he tries to honor what mine is. But at some point, you have to make a decision. And sometimes, you know, you have to kill a baby. And, um, and and that that can be difficult, especially when your partner is your partner. So right, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, we never have problems, right? We never. No. But, but <laughs> what? Look what happens when you put really two strong personalities in a room, and they have different visions, right? And mm -hmm. and it's 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 a negotiation. It it becomes um, often. I think we solve a lot of our issues if we just take a step back and say, okay what was your intention for this scene? 
right? I know what the inputs are because it came from the last scenes. Um, what was your intention and what are the outputs, right? And then, and then we can sort of work on individual problems or, or specific uh, attributes problems. I think the best thing we can do is sort of back up a little bit from uh, what our intense emotional involvement is with that sort of thing we're trying to do and and give it some breathing space and say, okay, what were my intentions? And, and what was I wanting to express here with this? And then for me, it's, the, it's just having that willingness to say, yep, I got to crumple this up, throw it away start over because it's just not working and in um some people's nastasha is a brilliant rewriter she can rewrite 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 and break things apart blow things up and reassemble them uh and it causes her no stress for me a script is more like watercolors and once i do it tearing it apart again is really traumatic and so mm. we have sort of different methods that affect how we address rewrites and polishes and things that we've sort of adapted in place. And, and the biggest one for us has been take a step back and let's discuss intentions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's funny because I, I co-write quite a bit also. And I find that usually the person I'm co-writing with is more precious uh, about what we've written. Whereas I'm like, let's cut it down. Let's cut it down. Like this can go, this can go. And I like to take things down to the bare bones. And then usually my co-writer is like, okay, but we need to put a little bit back just to have a little bit of breathing room, you know, between scenes. So I find that's one of the benefits of working with a partner is that you have these different strengths um, and weaknesses. Another one is that it really holds you accountable if you have to deliver, you know, like you said, you're writing, let's say three scenes, you know, Nastasha is relying on you to send that and vice versa. Um, what would you say are some of the benefits of writing with a co-writer? Um, it lifts you beyond your own horizon. Yeah, for for me, one of the things I really appreciate about Cor is he has a, a lot more exciting ideas at times. I I find like I, I I know structure, I know craft, I can see a, a show. I I can see a movie just from a, a few you know just a log line. I could see how that would play out but I don't often have the most innovative, best ideas, whereas Core has much better ideas. And so no idea often, how to put them together. No, I, I wouldn't say that. But often when I'm stuck and I know that I could put some sort of tired vehicle there, you know, I, I know the vehicle that it needs. I know the dramatic need that I need, but I'm, I'm stuck for something uh, really with a lot of shine and, and pizzazz. Core always has one. So I, I do agree that um, writing together, we, we definitely create better projects when we are involved in each other's projects in, in some way um, than on our own. Great. That's great. So, you know, uh, we're all a part of the Screenwriters Network Discord server, um, and we have a lot of usually the more beginner screenwriters who join and immediately mm -hmm. say, I'm looking for someone to write with me and it'll be like their first project. What advice would you give to someone if they're thinking about co-writing a screenplay? Mm. Um, 
so uh, one of the first things that I, I would say is make sure they have the same writing style as, as you do, and also possibly the same moral compass, because how you feel about characters and how you, um, how you shape them is going to often reflect your own moral compass. And writing style, man, that's, that's one of those things where if you don't, if your partner doesn't have your writing style, it's going to really show which part was written by one person and which part was written by another. So you have mm-hmm. to, you have to kind of uh, make, make, make sure that that's, uh, that's compatible. And I would do that by reading, just reading some of their stuff and see if it lands in a way that, that really resonates with you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're not good writers. It just means they might not be an ideal partner for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what we tell people basically is, is also take time to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to co-write with a, with a stranger. Uh, like you said, you might have completely different writing styles and it could be a disaster. So take the time to read some samples of what they've done before and get to know them a little bit. Uh, I think that's really good advice. So you guys are writing partners, but you also produce films together. You have we a production do. company. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, you have a production company in Vancouver. It's called Three Brains. Yep. I was checking out your demo reel, and there's some really cool stuff on there. How long <laughs> have you been producing films, and how did the company get started? So so we, uh, she's been doing stuff for 20 years. Um, she's been doing properties. Um, and, and sort of expressive creation for, for a long time. Um, and when we met, um, I came at this from a sort of a very different angle. I came from the business community, right? Not necessarily as a screenwriter, but I came as, hey, I've, I've got an MBA and will travel. And um, the idea was together, independent of our creative uh, endeavors, we would create a production company <clears throat> and we would treat this as a business because Ultimately, I think a lot of your listeners, a lot of people on the server have the idea that they want to translate their work into a, a professional income stream, right? I mean, you, you know, a lot of the people here maybe want to do this for a living or want mm-hmm. to know what it's like doing this for a living. Um, and it, the first answer I have is if you want to do this for business, you got to treat it like business and sort of that's what we had agreed to back in 2014 is if we're going to do this, we're going to do the, do the thing. We're going to create a business plan. We're going to look for investors. We're going to, you know, treat this like a business and understand who your customers are and respond to that. And, and so independent of writing together, we our, our first writing project was actually commissioned as writers. Our first production was one of Nastasha's scripts called Blackburn and it's out there. It's on iTunes. Um, and it's, uh, it's Blackburn Asylum in the U.S. And that gave us an opportunity to form a production company. And um, incredibly valuably, it gave me the opportunity to see from a, a business partner uh, perspective, a complete project uh, from conception to delivery uh, as far as production goes. And uh, that was um, incredibly painful. And it was also a vast learning curve into how how movies are made and how movies are sold and they're distributed and all of the different 
uh, territories that they're sold into. It's just, it's it's a huge lift, honestly, to go into production and to understand what producers do. And um, doing it from a creative standpoint is even more challenging than doing it from a raw business standpoint. There's so many challenges to producing um, that you're layering that on top of your creative challenges if you want to be a writer mm-hmm. producer. It's it's tough. I'll, I'll I'll tell you straight up. It's tough. Everybody thinks the producers are in charge. Sadly, they are not. Uh, producers are very much at the whim of their customers, which are the networks and the studios and the streamers. And they are fickle, fickle customers and will not always communicate in a healthy or positive way. And, you know, producers are not always nice people. I'm not defending the producer community for everything that they do. But a lot of times it's it's harder than it looks. That I'll just stop with that. Producing okay. is a different skill set. You have to address it differently than being a creative. And you have to um, understand that there's a whole new ecosystem out there with, with predators and other unhealthy animals that will go after you if you allow it. Wow. So what have you learned from your producing experience that helps you as a screenwriter? Well, as I've said, I'm currently involved in um, uh, writing rom-coms for Hallmark. Uh, that's what it's aimed for. Uh, locations, locations, locations. I, I try to keep it small. I try to not write scenes with 17 people in them um, that are all talking um, so we can spend the entire day recording that dialogue. Uh, I I try not to have way too many locations. And uh, we do write to a template, which is the how many minutes each act has to be. So that's that's something that we have learned being producers. Um, we do write a little bit of shoestring if for whatever reason we run low on time. So it's just those kinds of things that, you know, having sitting, having sat in the editing room and having to painfully create a longer scene by 10 seconds or 20 seconds has taught us a lot of things. I, th- I think maybe for screenwriting, the, the chief one for me has been reducing complexity. Um, she mentioned locations. Um, it's really been being able to look at what's happening on the page, translate that in your mind immediately to what's going to be happening on the day in production on set on, at that location and seeing, okay, this this thing's not going to work, right? I can do this, except I can't have kangaroos and ostriches because we're just not going <laughs> to go there. Right. So, I mean, we had a we had a, a wonderful moment in one of her scripts that had llamas. Right. And llamas are just Please amusing. Tell me you just, got the llamas. <laughs> uh, we couldn't get the llamas. We oh, couldn't no. get the llamas. It was so sad um, because it would have been just such a lovely non sequitur in this story at that moment. It's just this beautiful moment that she had crafted. Uh, but we couldn't do it. And now having produced some movies and done this a few times, you know, you turn the crank a few times you have a much better intuitive feel. You can look at a page and just go, yeah, that works. I can do that. Turn a page. Nope. Er, can't do that. It's just logistically impossible for this budget level of a movie. Um, also, I, I want to say um, something else about that. We, having been producers, we've also traveled to all the markets, all the relevant television markets. And we do know what the competition is. We're aware. We've seen a lot of scripts. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. There's a lot of well-crafted um, movies and, you know, Hallmark makes 
a ton. Lifetime makes a ton. So you have to find projects. You have to find ideas, story ideas that will somehow stand out. And that's, I think, having produced some of these um, has given us the edge to know what is going to fly and, and what isn't. Okay, right. Yeah. So I know a lot of the Hallmark movies uh, are filmed in Vancouver. Does that make it easier for you in any way to no. sell that kind of script? No. no. It, Tell it, me it about all. how you guys go from, you know, writing something that you hope to be uh, on Hallmark to getting it there. Well, <laughs> um, ideally, you don't actually want to write full scripts. What you want to do is write ideas and have a person at Hallmark who will read them. Oh, really? And that is a lot harder than it, yeah, it that's, seems. That's harder than it sounds. <laughs> that's, that's, that is your million dollar question. Um, but you want to write uh, what they call as pitches. You want to write little pitches send it to them before you invest, you know, a few months writing a, a full screenplay. And once they sign off on it, your next million dollar problem is going to be whether they believe that you can pull that off. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I should, I should just say, it's not a million dollar problem. It's a scale problem. <laughs> it's just not, this is a, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, what so, what mean, does a pitch look like? Like, Sorry to interrupt you there. I'm just wondering, is that something that's like a page synopsis? Or? So we were very focused on how long it had to look and, and what this needed to, quote unquote, look like. And then we realized that it's it's a lot less about how pretty prettily it's written and how well it looks and how many pages it is. And it's a lot more about when they read it, can they tell what this movie is going to do? Like, what mm-hmm. is the second act? You can't just do the setup and then write a sentence about the second act and then resolve it with either a question of will she choose guy A over guy B or, you know, it can't be that. They actually have to see on the page what the movie is going to be like. Okay. From start to finish, you have to yeah. outline. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, the story they're reading be. the middle. They're really aware of the middle. They want to see that you can you can really flesh out a solid second act. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be written pretty. You don't have to have the most beautiful lyrical writing. It just needs to have the beats there where they can say, okay, this is a movie. It's not just an idea. This is a movie. And, and he, she has the, uh, the wherewithal to, to pull it off. Okay. So you have a connection at Hallmark that you can send these pitches to. How did you get them? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that's a bit of an interesting story I have I had a a script that I wrote that I sent to a director friend of ours who directed two of our movies um, that went to TF1 the French network and he read it and he he said this would be really awesome for a friend of mine Um, and I don't know can I say her name do you think Cora yeah okay so the friend is Brooke Dorsey, okay. who's originally from Ontario, but she lives in, in um, L.A. now. And she's an actor. She's a wonderful actress. And Hallmark loves her. Shout out and, to Brooke. <laughs> and she read the script and she really, really liked it. She really connected with it. And she is the one who took it in. Okay. So it, I kind of got in there through the back door. 
Yeah, so okay. so what we would like to express to your listeners and people on the server is is don't start bombarding Brooke Dorsey or any actors with your <laughs> with your scripts, right? That would not it's, be good. It's not going to work. It it's going to antagonize and sadly um, it, it took us going through a very close referral, a director who had worked closely with this actor and a director we had worked closely with. And that was the only way uh, to bridge that gap. It's, it's a vast gulf. And um, sending your stuff out is, um, is an act of faith. It's a, it's a leap of courage, but it has to be done really thoughtfully or it's just going to go into the trash heap. Yeah, they won't even read it. That's that's yeah, the problem. Always. They're they're overworked. Um, all the executives are <clears throat> really taxed to the max, so they don't have extra time to to read new people stuff. So you really yeah. have to find a way to get in there. Can can I just let's set the stage here? If you go into a network, we you go into a network in LA, and and you talk to the executives. They're they're typically middle managers, and until you get a chance to talk to the VP and above, right? You talk to the senior management. Uh, when you talk to the middle managers, you will see stacks of scripts on their desk and they're not even the readers, right? Those are the readers reports that are coming from the readers who have so many scripts sitting around. They look like furniture, right? And so when Nastasha says your stuff has to stand out, you have to realize what that environment looks like from the reader's perspective, from who's receiving these scripts day in, day out. It's... Um, Hollywood has an oversupply, right? They, they, they have oversupply. Hollywood's always had oversupply. And you see that specifically on the intake uh, of new creative. Um, and so when you are submitting your scripts and when you're sending things in, um, I, everybody's frustrated by, I've got, a, I've got a script. I think it's really solid. It hits notes that I wanted it to hit. What do I do with it now? And the question answer that we usually come up with was, well, if I just had an agent, um, then they would bring it to, you know, if I just had somebody at CAA, then they'd shop it to Universal or whoever, and it would get made. And, you know, there's there's some truth to that, but that's sort of the end of the road, right? That's, that's the final product of, of the luckiest of us who are able to make that transition. Most of us stall and have issues right at that moment of, what do I do with my finished screenplay? Um, and this is where I think a lot of your listeners are really sort of uh, have the turmoil and they feel stuck and, and it's, a, it's really frustrating. It's frustrating for us too. Maybe the best thing that I can say is that we experience that exact same feeling of frustration. We experience that exact same thing and we're producers, right? We're writer producers. We've done it before. We've seen our stuff on the screen. But we still have that same feeling of where can I put this thing now where it has the best chances to move forward. And that's that's really if I can leave you with anything, I'll shut up. If if I can leave you with anything, it's that we're all just working the odds. Right. We're all just working the probabilities. When I give feedback on a script, I'm not saying this is how to do it. This is not how to do it. What I'm saying is to my eyes. If you adjust, make these adjustments, you're increasing your odds, right? You're increasing your odds. It's going to go to the next reader and the next reader and the next reader. And, and that should be your goal is, is that it's, it's going to be read by more and more people the more you write and the better you get. And the more you invest in craft, 
the better your stuff gets. And frankly, the more people who will read it and it becomes sort of a virtuous cycle. But writing is a tough road. Writing takes years. Writing can take a lifetime. And um, we all want it to happen today. Thank you very much. And can you cut me the check by noon? Because I want to take a Learjet down to Cabo San Lucas. Um, it's it's just, if you're, if you're entering this thing writing, please understand it's a long road. You are choosing one of the hardest roads to get into Hollywood. And, and all of us, all of us run into that wall at the end of our draft when we go, okay, where do I place it? Where do I put it? So when you're writing for Hallmark, as an example, you know, I have heard that it can be very like formulaic. So how do you elevate it so that it stands out? Well, <clears throat> let me actually speak to that just a, a little bit. I think it's formulaic, uh, or maybe it can be seen as formulaic because you do have to hit the the same notes, and they do understand their brand. But here's here's the thing: they're actually trying to solicit projects and and look for new writers and new voices who can elevate. Um, the storytelling so it isn't as formulaic formulaic you can you still have to play in the same box but you can find new new stories and new ways of of telling the story so that's that's key is one of the things you don't want to do is submit a project and say well it's the same as your other 160 movies see it hits all these things because they want you best of all to be passionate about it and if you're passionate about it and you found that thing that makes yours different that's going to translate all the way through i'll give you an example i wrote um this story that that brooke took in it's called just dancing and it's about ballroom dancing and salsa dancing and i had a lovely producer who i'm not going to name um who's a really really lovely person said look they don't do dancing so I'm not going to submit it to them. They just don't do dancing. And I, so I put it aside. I said, okay, fine, whatever. They said, it's really well written, loved it, but they just don't do dancing. And that's the one that Brooke took. And they took it. They took it because they're looking for projects that play in the same sandbox, that, that check the same um, boxes, but have a little bit of an edge, have something else. Okay, good. So. Yeah. I don't know if that helps at all. A little bit. Well, what are the boxes that you have to check? Core. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Set me up for the rom-com. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think it, so let's talk about two different kinds of properties. So there's rom-coms, right? That's, that's uh, pretty straightforward. You got a TV movie rom-com um, and then we've done some Christmas stories, right? Which are, which are, light touch romantic comedies in a Christmas setting, right? And and so mm -hmm. we, we can sort of touch on those separately. Um, Rom-coms, in, in my mind, you know, the, the romance has to be the A story, right? And, and the comedy is is sort of a propellant. You know, the, the comedy helps us get there. And um, what, you, what you're looking for when you're doing some of these light touch afternoon TV movies, in my mind, again, this is just my insanity, um, we had some brilliant, brilliant information given us uh, years ago by a distributor who first gave us our, our big chance uh, in television. And, and he said, don't write anything 
that a mom would have to explain to her child who just woke up from a nap, right? So mom's got this thing on in the background at two o'clock in the afternoon, little Timmy's down for his nap. Um, and we don't want anything on the screen that mom has to explain to little Timmy, right? Um, and, and that's sort of, that's sort of a, a guardrail uh, for what kind of stuff can you put on and what kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't work. Um, Christmas, in, sorry, go ahead. In terms of, uh, Hallmark rom-coms and Lifetime doesn't do straight up rom-coms. They just do Christmas. Um, in terms of straight up rom-coms, there has to be a rom. I mean, there has to be, uh, a boy and a girl, a man and a woman, whatever age they do different age groups, um, will end up coming together at the end. I mean, that's sort of built in, that's baked in. So you can add family components, absolutely. You can have single parents who are coming together after a divorce or a, or, or a death. But in the end, it's about a man and a woman. And I think that's sort of what makes it different from ABC family shows, where it could be a family that's really in the center, whereas in Hallmark, it is a man and a woman. Uh, I have one more question about Hallmark stuff, and then I'll yeah. move on. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, you send a pitch to your connection first, and if they give you the go-ahead, only then do you write the script. So when they say yes, are they then hiring you to write the script, or you're still writing that on spec and and hoping that, you know, they like the finished product and then trying to sell that? Okay, so... To be fair, we uh, let, let me take you to sort of one step back because uh, I don't want to give you the wrong impression that this is something that a writer can wake up tomorrow and, and decide that they're going to do. The way you have to get in first is through writing samples. And it may be that you have written a few spec scripts and it may be that they'll never produce those, but they've read your stuff and said, OK, this person can write. Um, and then you would then you would graduate on to sending pitches and they decide whether it's something that's worth uh, pursuing further or not. And at that point, they might decide to give it to one of their tried, tested and true writers or they might give it to you. Um, either way, you will get paid. Um, but you you may not be the one that will finish writing it. And of course, there's, uh, you know. Um, uh, payment schedules for what it is that, that you do that follow the guidelines of, of guild rules. But um, you may not be the one that'll end up writing your idea. Um, that just happened to me recently where I sent in a pitch and they really liked it. And the first thing they said is they're going to get somebody else to do it because Hallmark doesn't know me as a really um, reliable entity yet. So Hopefully at some point, you know, in a year or two, I'll graduate to being that entity. But um, yeah, with another project of mine, I didn't write the script yet. It was just a pitch. And that was literally the first thing that happened is, um, yeah, great idea. So we'll contact the writer. You will you can, you know, help be a creative producer on it and see you later. Bye. So how does yeah. that make you feel when that happens? Um, you know, the first time I was a little bit hurt I thought well I could have written this I know I could have written this and once I kind of understood how it works um, I realized that it's this is a process it's this is just how it works so yeah. once I realized it wasn't me that this is just how their process works I didn't take it personally anymore I just thought okay it's how it is yeah right okay 
So you guys recently, and I say recently, like a couple months ago now, uh, did a road trip from Vancouver to Los Angeles to take some meetings. How did that go? Um, that was actually a pretty spectacular trip. It, it went yeah. really well for us. Yeah. 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 We had a couple meetings um, that just in itself made it worthwhile. And, you know, we're not going to be coy about this. We'll put it right out there. We're trying to foster relationships every couple months with Lifetime and Hallmark. I mean, that's our that's our focus. That's what I do every single day. The hours that I'm awake, I do things that move that forward. Yeah. Okay. And when you guys were in Los Angeles, did you meet up with anyone from our server? Oh, we yeah. did. Yeah. How did that go? Who did you meet? It was amazing. Um, well, on the way down, we met with, uh, I don't even know how to say it, Parhelion? That's right. Six. Um, <laughs> and uh, what, a, what a fun time we had uh, with, with him. It yeah. was, uh, you know, th- the truth is that we never meet people from the internet right it's just it's just too awkward and it's just too weird mm-hmm. for some reason this community that you have started uh made us comfortable to reach out and say hey do you want to have a cup of coffee and uh we did and we sat down for almost two hours i think in san francisco with parhelion and had a long coffee and just uh really established a friendship it was just a really nice talk and then we went down to la and we met nqm because yep. this 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 one user named Smish was not available and just yeah, froze us busy. out. Basically, it was just it was she it was obvious. Like us. It was I told obvious. You guys, I'm an introvert. Yeah, okay, I'm was, shy. It's I'm, no, I was busy. Yeah, and uh, but we did meet uh, NQM, mm-hmm. and that was also just fantastic. That also turned into this just lovely conversation. I, it was better than an hour and a half, almost two hours. That we sat in a coffee shop and we just had a blast. It was really, really fun nice. and has translated then to, I think we can have better, deeper, more on point conversations online now that we have an idea, a sense of each other. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Networking is a huge part of it. It is, but but now we're going to turn this around. Ha ha. We occasionally (laughs) take on the guise of a pirate. Now, (laughs) ma'am, Miss Smish, I want to know how this thing came about. What is the origin (laughs) story of the Screenwriters Network? What propelled you to create this thing years ago? Who were your co-conspirators? How did this come about? Hey, I ask the questions around here, okay? <laughs> you no, know, um, you know, I'll tell you the story. I mean, I certainly didn't plan it. Um, I used to stream my writing on Twitch. Are you guys familiar with Twitch? No. I'm sorry. No? Okay. Well, it's a site mostly popular by gamers, but there's also a lot of creatives on there now where you can stream online and show people what you're doing. You can show them the video game that you're playing, or you can show them, you know, that you're drawing or sculpting or whatever, and people watch the video live and, and hmm. comment as you go. And there's actually a writing community on Twitch. And so that's where I started. Uh, streaming my screenwriting. And I was actually writing uh, my second script ever called Log, uh, about a log that kills people. I wrote it completely (laughs) on Twitch. So people were commenting as I was writing, giving me joke ideas, everything. And a lot of people had their own Discord communities um, where their fans could collect together. And so... Uh, myself and another streamer from Twitch, we created 
uh, Twitch Film was the original oh, nice. name of this Discord server. Nice. And it was for anyone doing anything film related at the time. So visual effects or directing or any editing uh, or writing was in the Twitch Film Discord. And then it grew from there. Um, I took it over. I was you know, running it with one other person, but then I took it over and I decided we couldn't be everything for everyone. You know, I'm a director as well. So like I was really interested in, in that, but I thought I need to focus on one thing instead of having all these channels for actors and directors and editors and cinematographers, and it's going to be screenwriting. So nice. I changed the name to the Screenwriters uh, Network. And yeah, I think that's almost, I think, four years ago now. I think it'll be four years in May, like May 2nd. That's fantastic. Um, That's yeah, so cool. So... How, how many how many users do you have now? I mean, how many people log in and and use the use the community? We're at about five thousand. Whoa! So, wow. Yeah, it fluctuates. You know, anytime we have some sort of big thing going on, like a, a you know the killer shorts contest, we had an influx of new members. Or if we get a hot script in our script hub, we'll have some new people join. Uh, but yeah, it's really been growing. Um, so yeah. Anyways, well, congratulations! Uh, that's that's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank a, you. It's a, it's a success story, and you should be proud of it. It's a, it's an amazing thing. Thank you so much. Well, I am proud of it. Um, I'm especially proud of the changes we've made in the last year, where we've been identifying the members who are professional that I've, that you know they're working in the industry in some professional capacity, um, and that's why I started the podcast is so that the server could learn more about these people. Um, and you, you guys are two of them. So I'm, I'm super stoked about how the professionals are here and sharing their knowledge with, you know, beginning screenwriters. Um, and I really appreciate that you guys take the time to give feedback um, to people who are just starting out and give advice. It's, and being on this show today, you know, it's, I think well, it's know, incredibly it really is, helpful. It really is our pleasure. It, it, it really is, you know, in, in any kind of community, hopefully you get to a point where you want to give back and, and you want to encourage other people to get into it. And this is a wonderful platform to do that. My only, my only caution is that as a professional, as a writer producer, I always fear that anything I say might be overweighted, right? Like somebody might say this and go, oh, look, the producer said. Um, and I just want to put it out there that I'm an idiot. Right. I, the things I say are just my opinion. Um, there were lots of record companies who passed on the Beatles. There's lots of people who, who said no to a lot of good scripts. I'm I'm not the ultimate arbiter. Um, I'm just reacting from my gut. Absolutely. And I think it's wise to get feedback from multiple people and see, like, is it a common thread? Like, is everyone bumping on the same thing or yes. is it just core who says that this is bad? And, you know, if it's just that one person you know, maybe you can ignore them. So that's, that's exactly right. And, and ultimately, no matter what anybody says, you got to go with your gut, right? Absolutely. Ultimately, the final arbiter is your gut. Having said that, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's the, the, you want to do this as a business. Sometimes the final arbiter is the customer. Um, right. and, and you have to thoughtfully and intelligently make that choice. Yeah, absolutely. But just, but just remember, you can't make everyone happy. So I saw in a meme yesterday, you're not tequila. <laughs> tequila doesn't make me happy actually that would make me throw up <laughs> me too i had a bad <laughs> night with tequila a long me too. time ago yeah, yeah me too it was in victoria i was i was think i just turned 19 and 
Well, we won't get into it. Uh, I told an embarrassing <laughs> story in the last episode. I'm not going to tell another one because people are learning too much about my uh, movements. But uh, yeah, so looking on your IMDb Pro account, you can see there's quite a few projects in various stages of development. So we have mm-hmm. like treatment, script, development unknown. Which of these scripts is closest to getting produced? The ones, even... the ones that aren't even on IMDb, yeah. actually. <laughs> really? I have to go look at IMDb. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what we have up there anymore. Yeah, yeah there's, um, a, there's a couple up there that are um, with Hallmark that are going to be on a path of being made a lot sooner than pretty much anything else that's up there. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. So, I know this, <laughs> yeah, this kind of great. shatters the whole relying on IMDb to get the goods. Yeah, it's uh, it's it can be confusing because you can add things yourself at any time, you know, um, and sometimes it's helpful to have something on your IMDb. But in reality, it doesn't always show up on your IMDb until much later in the process, right? Yeah. yeah. It can be weird. Yeah, and and the ones that are um, with Hallmark, they're going to put it up when they are good and ready, and that may right. be after they finish shooting it. So, okay, I'm not going to mess with that. Word. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're not going to touch that. <laughs> but you want you want a fun IMDb story? After we made Blackburn, we started seeing names show up on the crew list. Nastasha was uh, auditing the crew list on IMDb, and and saw people kept attaching themselves who never worked on the movie. So. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, don't believe everything you read online. There was there there were people who attached themselves to our movies as crew just to get credits. Wow, yeah, it was pretty yeah, funny. Pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Funny, but very dishonest. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah. Tisk tisk. Okay, so with your production company, do you guys look for scripts by other writers to produce, or do you only want to produce your own content? So we did. Um, This is when we were really focused on being producers more than writers. Um, And we did we did make a movie for uh, a French network called TF1. We did make it with um, another writer's uh, work, somebody that I know from the writing community in Vancouver. You might know her. Um, Roz Muir. Yeah, I do know her. (laughs) Yeah. So we made we made one of Roz's scripts, Washed Away, with um, the starring Emmanuel Vajay and Cameron Bancroft. Awesome. Yeah, so we did that. And we we definitely, there was a time when we really wanted to just produce. And I think over the years, realizing how um, little we actually get paid to produce, <laughs> we thought, you know, writing is just so much more what I'm interested in doing. And I think I can't really speak for course. I'll let him fill in the blank, but I think I convinced him that we should concentrate on writing. <laughs> um, so we, we have um, lots of opportunities to look at people's stuff. And I think part of it is it's, it's honoring what we originally agreed to do, right? It's not like we're not interested in other people's work. We are. It's just more a question of we would be more comfortable looking at other people's stuff if we had more of our own stuff sort of moving right now, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's more of a right now, we're like everybody else. We're just trying to get stuff lifted. If we talked to, if we went down to LA tomorrow and we talked to a network and they said, boy, you know, we'd wish we had something like this and we knew somebody had a script like that, we talked to them. 
right? Mm -hmm. But our goal is to lift sort of ourselves right now. And so we're not really externally focused on other people's materials, but we're certainly never going to say no. And we have produced other people's stuff. And I would say the odds are super duper high going forward that we would do it again. Okay. My, my happy place is being in writing and being mm -hmm. just uh, in front of my computer all day and writing. That's my happy place. Yeah. Nice. Where my happy place is craft services. Right? <laughs> so we, have a different, we have a slightly different outlook. Yeah. 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 So Nastasha, I'll ask you when you finish a screenplay, how do you decide if it's something you want to produce yourselves or you want to try sending it out to, you know, production companies? Hmm. Um, I think these days I'm really focusing on neither one of those things. I'm really focusing on building the relationship with networks um, and actually even trying to potentially pitch ourselves as the producers for the network. So, yeah, it's sort of more that having said that, I do have one script with a producer that's at Hallmark. And so it, it did go through that that route. But I think for me, it's right now mostly about building relationships with the network and submitting it directly. Okay. So this is probably a dumb question then, but do you guys ever submit your stuff to contests? I, I don't. I don't. I, you do? I did last year. But yeah. it was it was not it was not a good match. <laughs> I was, <laughs> not a good I was really, no, you know, like everybody else, I was really just trying to get my stuff read. I had no intentions mm -hmm. of or expectations of placing anywhere in the contest. I just wanted it to get in front of people. It was mm -hmm. it was literally just a hail mary. Yeah, and I and I just don't write anything that is. Um, I, I I'm not writing the piano these days. Like I'm right. only writing rom coms. <laughs> yeah. So gotcha. Yeah. So we, we talked a lot about Hallmark. I just want to mention Lifetime really quickly so it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like we're purposely ignoring them. Um, what What is the difference between writing for Hallmark and writing for Lifetime? Um, I, I think one of the first things that writers should do before they decide to write anything is watch 25, 30 movies from each of those networks to really understand the brand because it's not anything I could tell you over the next few minutes, but you have to understand that they have very different brands and they're looking for very different properties. So when they read a project, they want to see if it is written with their brand in mind. So it is, it's very different, even though they're both um, movies of the week, they couldn't be more different. So like literally they couldn't be more different. And the, and the best way I could say for you to see what that's like is just watch a bunch of them. Okay. Okay, cool. So what are you guys working on now? Um, I just finished uh, a spec script that is hopefully going to land in front of somebody at Hallmark um, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. And I would like to get started on something that... Um, is maybe more in the in the thriller vein, like something for Lifetime. Okay. So that might be the next thing that I will write. I haven't decided yet. I literally just finished. Okay. And you, Cor? Um, <clears throat> I'm in a similar place. I've I've got a, a three specs, one rom com, two Christmas um, that are floating around that we're trying to get attention to with uh, Hallmark slash Lifetime. 
And then, um, like I said, you know, I, I do these sort of cathartic things in between. And I just finished uh, the second episode on a sci-fi limited series that is sort of a passion project. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And uh, NQM was kind enough to offer to read it. Crow Online was off, kind enough to offer to read it. Those poor souls probably <laughs> need counseling now. Um, but um, yeah, so in between a couple of specs, uh, three specs that are uh, we're, we're doing the thing every day to try to push those forward. I've got a uh, entirely spec passion project, one of many um, that are uh, that I'm sort of polishing. Sweet. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck with all of your projects. Thank if you. you don't mind sticking around, I have a few more fun questions I'd love to ask you, which will be available to our VIP members only as bonus content. Oh, it's going to be worth yeah. it. It's going to be sweet. But for now, uh, tell everyone where they can learn more about you. Do you have a website? What's your Twitter and your name on the Discord? Wow. Um, so we have a website. It's threebrains.com, number three, B-R-A-N-E-S. It's a long story, dot com. <clears throat> threebrains.com is us. Uh, that's our production company. And uh, I'm the guy who's always at Crafty for reasons. And uh, <laughs> my lovely partner is Tell One Story. And I'm, I'm on Instagram as Tell One Story. Perfect. Okay. Well, thanks again for joining us. It was a pleasure having you. How wonderful it was. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Listeners, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, share it on social media, join the Discord server and consider supporting us on Patreon so you can get access to that sweet, sweet bonus content that's coming up. I'm your host, Smish, saying peace out and keep on writing.